Well, good morning, and peace be with you. We need some peace. Boy, do we need peace. Um, I have some announcements that you can take a look at uh, on your own in the bulletin, but I would also um, like to draw your attention to a couple of things. One is a, uh, a Christmas open house party, and that is going to happen on Wednesday, December the 22nd, and it is being hosted by Debbie and Roger. And so there is a sign-up sheet out uh, in the Narthex with more information. So um, just want to let you know that. That's not on the bulletin or the um, uh, information yet, but it will be. And again, like I said, there is an opportunity for you to sign up in the Narthex to come and enjoy some fellowship on December the 22nd. Also, um, it became aware to me, or I was made aware of, an opportunity, and that is an opportunity for a gently used, lovingly used uh, Christmas tree. And it's one of those ones that's in a bag, and it's been kept in storage, and it's in good shape. And if you know anybody or you yourself would like one of those, then uh, one of our members, Alice Christensen, said that she has one available free of charge. And so the only uh, caveat is your desire to, to have it. Uh, and so um, let uh, Ashley know, give her a call at the office, uh, and we'll make uh, arrangements for it um, to be picked up and, and so forth. Okay? So... That would be a good thing. David, are you filming right now? I think Alice is probably watching. How'd I do, Alice? Are we? So uh, we got that. And, and I, you know, so that's a really nice thing. And, and it's just at a point right now where um, uh, it's time to part ways with that Christmas tree. It's not because they don't like it anymore. It's just a lot of work. And so um, I appreciate your uh, consideration of that. And then out on the, uh, in the Narthex as well, Luann gave me a copy of one of these, and this is for Chuck, uh, the celebration of Chuck Fredrickson. It took place last uh, Friday, and um, so just if you would like to pick up one of these just to uh, remember him by and slip it in your Bible or however, but they are out there. Thanks for bringing that, Luann. So, uh, and then keep the Fredrickson family uh, in your prayers. And today's gospel is... Uh, uh, about John the Baptist, and I'm going to tie this into an apology right now because um, I sometimes pastors are bristly. Have you ever noticed that? A, a little bristly? And your pastor's been a little bristly lately, and uh, I, today, this morning, um, I was pretty bristly. And so, David, I apologize to you in front of the entire congregation, and Ed, I apologize to you in front of the entire congregation. I ought not be that way. Um, sometimes pastors are bristly, and they are righteously bristly. Those two times weren't. Um, but today we're going to talk about another bristly pastor, a prophet by the name of John. And he was anything but warm and cuddly. In fact, he had a message that really shook people up. And it's a good message. And we're going to 
we're going to talk about it today. And so if you would be so kind as to pray for me, to help me get out of God's way, to help uh, the Holy Spirit control my bristliness so that it is, uh, (laughs) how about non-existent? We'll go for broke. I'd appreciate it. Tim, let's get started. Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... 
God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God, and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and 
glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Peace be with you. Well, we're looking in our first reading in the book of Malachi. It's a book I haven't read much on recently and uh, learned something from it. And I hope that you do with my reading here today for you. Um, the book of Malachi, where we're going to be reading uh, on your pew Bible on 1490, if you care to follow, is chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And it talks about God sending a messenger. We all know who that first messenger was to do his will, and that was John the Baptist, which we'll be talking about more here today. Starting out with Malachi 3, verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in the days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty, 
I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But, you ask, how are we to return? Question mark. If you would join me now, we'll go to reading the, the Psalms and you have in your printout. Uh, we we're going to be reading Psalm 66, verses 1 through 12. And it's really a call to praise. Let's start out with shout for joy to God, all the earth, seeing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. Turn the sea into dry land, pass through my but come, let us rejoice in. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over the heads. We went through the fire and water. But you brought us to a place of abundance. Join me if you'd like. Uh, the reading is going to be in Philippians, found on page 1825. And that is in your uh, pew Bible. We're going to be reading Philippians 2, excuse me, Philippians 1, verses 2 through 11. These are Paul's teachings. And... Um, are so noted. Verse 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Seven, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you 
all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that you love, your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may able to be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ and filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here ends the reading, this word of God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from St. Luke. It is chapter 3, verses 1 through 20, and can be found on page 1593 of your Pew Bible. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Lituria and Trachonitis and Licinius, Tetrarch of Abilene. Now, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the country around Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight. The rough ways will be made smooth. And all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown 
into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. And John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to do. He told them. And when the soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. And the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. And John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod, the Tetrarch, he, because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all, and he locked John up in prison. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. There is uh, there's one basic difference between the church of the Old Testament and the church of the New Testament. The Old Testament and the New Testament saints all have the same faith in the same Savior. The only difference is that the coming of the Savior was a future promise in the Old Testament while it is an ongoing reality in the New Testament. The New Testament church lives during the coming of the Savior and the New Testament church lives after the coming of the Savior to earn our salvation. We live during the time when he comes to bring that salvation to us. We look forward to the time when he will come to end time when he will come to end time as we know it and take his church with him to eternity. 
Now, John the Baptist was the last and the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. As an Old Testament prophet, he pointed forward to the coming of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And the wonderful thing about his prophetic ministry is that Christ would actually reveal himself to the world during his ministry. And John was the forerunner of Jesus. Jesus would actually begin his public ministry even while John proclaimed his coming. In fact, John the Baptist was the fulfillment of many prophecies, as Ed read this morning in today's Old Testament reading, and as Luke points out as he quotes Isaiah today in the Gospel. John himself was a sign that the Savior was about to appear on the scene in a very public way. Now, John did what prophets do. He spoke the truth as God gave it to him. John was not interested in winning friends or influencing people, as they say. He was interested in the truth, even if it cost him his life. The truth that God gave John to proclaim was not popular. It was not nice. And it was definitely not politically correct. John proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In this respect, he was already following the instructions that Jesus would later give to the church. For near the end of the gospel, according to Luke, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples in Luke 24, verses 45 through 47. Luke records, he opened their minds to understand scriptures, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day raise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And Jesus made it very clear that the job of the church is to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins. The entire work of the church is wrapped around the proclamation of repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ in him crucified. In true prophetic fashion, God revealed this focus of the church to John before Jesus even began his public ministry. So when we learn from today's gospel that John went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, we already see that John is following the instructions of Jesus about three years before he gave those instructions to his disciples. 
the proclamation of repentance begins by making people aware that they are, in fact, sinners. Did you know that? Okay, because you're sinners, and so am I, in need of a Savior. In today's gospel, we hear the proclamation of repentance that John has for those who think they are righteous. Did you hear what he said? I'll remind you. He said, you brood of vipers. In today's vernacular, it's kind of like, well, you know, what does that mean? Well, let's just take a look at the context of that. Words like viper, serpent, and snake take us back to Eden, where the serpent tempted Adam and Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit. The word brood is a synonym for offspring. So basically, John is telling these people that they may think they are righteous, but they are, in fact, children of the devil. Way to win friends and influence people? Politically correct? I think not. But it's the truth. John went on to say that these self-righteous people are not entitled to any special treatment because of their heritage. He said this, Do not... Begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to explain it this way in his letter to the Romans, chapter 9, verses 7 through 8. He said, not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. And this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God. This is the important part. But the children of the promise are counted as offspring. The true children of Abraham are those who are children by faith, not by biology. Those who believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins are the true children of Abraham. And those who believe in their own righteousness, even though they may be biological children of Abraham, are not true children of Abraham. In fact, they betray the faith of Abraham. So this message of repentance should serve as a warning to all of us. One of the lies that our sinful nature tries to tell us, our flesh tries to tell us that we are not all that sinful. That there is some sort of goodness buried deep down inside all of us. All we need is a chance to get at it. And John's words serve as a warning that deep down inside of us, deep, 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 deep down inside of us, we are all the children of the devil. He warns us that there is nothing in our heritage that makes us right before God. All of us are, in fact, sinners. 
in need of a Savior. So what is the punishment for sin? John used the metaphor of an axe chopping down a tree for firewood. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. These words warn all sinners that they will burn in hell unless someone does something for their sin. This beginning of repentance is the true terror of the conscience, which feels that God is angry with sin and grieves. He grieves that it has sinned. Okay. Now, if this terror was all that there was to repentance, then we should be overcome in despair. But this is not all that there is to repentance. In the second part of repentance, we have faith in Christ, the gospel in which the forgiveness of sins is freely promised concerning Christ should be presented to the consciences in those terrors, those who are in terror over their sin. They should believe that for Christ's sake, their sins are forgiven freely. Now the preaching and baptism of John prepared people for the Christ who would soon come to earn forgiveness of sin for the world. And in fact, many of the people who came to John thought that he himself might be the Christ. And as we heard in today's gospel, the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts considering John, whether he might be the Christ. Now this gave John an opportunity an opportunity to tell the people about the true Christ. John answered them by saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And John took the opportunity to tell the people that he was not the Christ, but that the Christ would soon come. And he took the opportunity to tell the people how mighty the Christ would truly be. The mighty Christ is none other than Jesus. And he is the one, the one whom the prophets proclaimed. And he is the one in whom they believe. This mighty Christ is the solution to our problem of sin. He is the one who earned forgiveness for our sins and offers that forgiveness to us for free. He is the one who makes us holy in God's sight. And so how did he do this? 
Well, as mighty as Jesus is, he demonstrated his might in weakness. He, though he, well, even though we're not worthy to touch his feet, our Lord allowed men to nail him to the cross. And it was from the apparent weakness of that cross that Jesus demonstrated his greatest might. And in the apparent defeat of death, Christ conquered death. He became the solution for sin by taking our sin unto himself and paying the price for it. It is only through him that we receive the forgiveness of sins. And we can have absolute confidence in Christ's forgiveness. Why? Well, because he did not remain in the tomb after he died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And that gives us confidence that the day will come when he will raise up you and me and all of the dead and we will have eternal life. God sent John to prepare the way for the Lord. And John did this by making people intensely aware of their sins. And it is the calling of all of God's servants to make his people aware of their sin. This is the way. This is the way that God makes people aware of their need for a Savior. The more we understand our sin, the more we appreciate our Savior. The deeper we grieve over sin, the more we rejoice over our salvation. And as hard as it is to examine ourselves in the light of God's commands, it is the way we prepare for the coming of the Lord. John the baptizer was indeed a very great prophet of God. And the truth is told that the one who followed him was even greater for the one who followed him is God in the flesh and in the blood. And he is the one who took our sins to the cross and exchanged them for his righteousness as he shed his precious blood for us and he died in order to pay for our sins. And he is the one who baptizes us with the Spirit when water is combined to the Word. He is the one who works through the Spirit to give us the faith that believes. It is His coming that marks the season of Advent as we remember how He came long ago in a manger and then on a cross 
and how he will come again in the future in clouds of glory and he comes today in the word and in the sacrament he comes now may this season prepare us so that when Jesus says surely I am coming soon we can join God's people and reply amen come Lord Jesus amen in the name of Jesus
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary. He was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death, was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us this morning as we worship your holy name. Thank you for sending Jesus, your only Son, our Lord, whose horrible sacrifice saved us from our sins against you, past, present, and future, and who spent his human life teaching us to know you and the love you have for all you have created. 
Thank you also for the Holy Spirit sent by Jesus to be ever-present with our souls, to remind us constantly of Jesus' love and saving grace. Thank you, Lord, for our nation and the freedoms, rights, and privileges we enjoy. Please forgive us when we too often forget that it is only through your providence that we continue to remain as one nation under you, and that without you, we will not be one nation, but divided, and will collapse as other nations before us have fallen. Thank you for Holy Scripture that clearly shows us how you discipline those whom you love, but who have turned their backs on you. Spare us from your wrath as we try to fix what we have broken. Holy Father, as we prepare for our annual celebration of the arrival of your only son, Jesus, in human form as a baby, you know that we are easily distracted by the busyness of our lives, the noises, flashing lights, and anxiety associated with our planning activities. We are more focused on the minutia of preparations than the true meaning of Christ's arrival. Please don't let our hustle and bustle of activities drown out the soft sounds of your voice in our hearts of the child you sent to save us all. During this Advent season, Holy Spirit, please quiet our hearts and minds and remove the anxiety of holiday preparations, viruses, and human conflict, and place foremost in our thoughts and in our hearts Almighty God's gift of our Savior. Holy Spirit, you know our innermost thoughts. You know that some of us are incredibly lonely, depressed or in despair because we have no obligations or family close by or even at all. We also fear the potential effects of the COVID virus, mandated restrictions on our freedoms, and our government leaders and news media who constantly stroke the fires of fear within us We've been isolated from our friends and family over the past couple of years, and the effects on our society are devastating, especially on our adolescent children. We feel disconnected or without purpose, with no end in sight. Holy Spirit, please send friends to help to calm those who feel overburdened and fearful, and especially send us to those who feel empty, lonely, or without meaning in their lives. Help us provide the foundation of hope to our children. Revive our trust in our Lord's promise to be with us and to protect our souls for eternity. Remind us that our daily lives may see, see turmoil, but our future with our Savior is guaranteed. Help us look forward with joy-filled hope rather than dwelling on the problems of our past and present. Heavenly Father, in our wonderful nation with so many blessings, we face many problems that we don't have the wisdom to solve. Division and hate between us are spread constantly by our government representatives, news media, and even by teachers in our schools. Satan seems to be leading us to hate each other, and the results are easily witnessed throughout our country. We need your divine wisdom and strength to know how to address rampant and widespread violent crime, even among and between young children in school, homelessness, drug addiction, uncontrolled migration, and a dysfunctional government. We watch in horror at the anarchy and vitriol around us. Please, Almighty God, save us from this bottomless pit 
that we have dug for ourselves. Holy Father, please protect our armed forces, first responders, and law enforcement officers, and all who serve to protect others. We pray for your church on earth, its leaders, ministers, missionaries, and congregation of believers. Please, Holy Spirit, keep us true in our faith in Jesus our Savior. Please continue to be with our small congregation of believers and family in Jesus Christ here at Reformation Lutheran Church and in Victory Outreach Ministries. Thank you for healing our loved ones who endure broken bodies and sickness and for leading those whose time on earth has expired to their new home in heaven with Jesus our Savior. Enable our time of mourning to pass quickly. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. Then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The, the word combined with the elements in the Holy Spirit lead to the efficacy of Holy Communion. It's not just bread and it's not just juice. It's His true body and His true blood combined with the Word, the Holy Spirit, and your faith. Okay, so what? Well, so everything. It is a means of grace, a grace that covers you. Even though we once were children of the devil, even though we are forgiven sinners, that covers our sin. That guarantees our permanent residence upon leaving this terra firma, leaving this body of death. We will be face to face with Jesus Christ because he paid the price that we couldn't. If that's your confession, then come, the table is prepared.
Sometimes the Word of God is bristly. Sometimes it hurts to hear it. And that's design. So that the sweetness of the gospel tastes even that much sweeter because we know of the foulness of sin that separates us from a perfect God. May you dwell on that. May you always know that your sins are forgiven for those who believe by what Christ did on that cross. Now may the Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Seems off so strong